This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Killer robots. That's what we're talking about, really. Killer robots. That's what they're called. They're basically... Well, they're, they're military developments that we're going to be talking about here, and they have poured billions and billions of dollars into this and basically they're autonomous killer robots and obviously you can see the red flags that immediately are raised for a lot of people when we're talking about this so let's have some discussions about some of the concerns that surround killer robots we're chatting with james dawes now professor of english at McAllister college james thank you for your time today i appreciate you joining us Thank you for having me. Okay, so first of all, let's define what we're talking about. When we say killer robots, people think Terminator. Um, now, that's not what we're talking about. These aren't, you know, robot soldiers in a sense that they don't look like them. But what exactly are we talking about when we say killer robots? So there are military weapons that can select and engage their targets without human supervision once they're activated. So while Schwarzenegger was a simulated human, these are often quite familiar. So the most recent one that was in the news was the Cargo 2, which looks just like a little mini helicopter, and it selects its target and flies to it and detonates. Uh, so they can, they can take all sorts of forms. Yeah, like miniature tanks almost. I mean, all kinds of, you know, they, they look like robots. But um, when we take a look at these things... How far down the road are we? Like you say, some of these have been used already. They've probably already killed people, right? Like, they're in operation. So we have reason to believe that in the Libyan conflict recently, the Cargo 2 was used to track down, hunt, and and kill uh, retreating forces. This is strongly implied, although not definitively said in the EU report. And if that's true, that's a red line that's been crossed. That'll have been the first time in, in human history that an autonomous robot has killed a human being. Okay, so... As often is the case when it comes to technology, we're, we're talking about trying to play catch-up in terms of some of the concerns that are raised. But let's go through the concerns first. Um, what has you most worried about this technological development? Well, the biggest worry, the sort of existential concern, is that this is going to start a new global arms race that has the potential to be humanity's final arms race. And that's for two reasons. The first is that these weapons, while now they are not yet integrated into nuclear weapons or biological weapons yeah. or chemical weapons, they will eventually be if, if we don't do something now to stop them. And the idea of autonomous robots being able to choose when to launch a weapon of mass destruction is terrifying, which leads to the second concern. Um, that doesn't even need to happen for the nuclear balance that currently holds in the world to be catastrophically disrupted. If a nuclear power believes its enemy will achieve that strategic dominance, that decisive strategic dominance, they very well could believe a preemptive strike will be their only option. So the, the very fragile balance we already have will be shattered, I think, if we allow ourselves to get into this kind of arms race. Okay. Aside from that, what about the fact that we are putting the power of life and death into, well, the hands, I guess, of a robot? I mean, I can see that they'll make mistakes, right? Yeah, this is a big concern. I think I think we should always have human supervision of the choice to kill other humans, and, and that is precisely what we're leaving behind here. Uh, a weapons expert named Paul Shari gives an example to give a sense of how bad this is. So a runaway gun 
is a machine gun that that breaks down and it begins to fire and it won't stop firing until it runs out of ammunition. Okay. This happens every so often and it's it's extremely dangerous. Many people can die. Um, but fortunately, these weapons, because all machines break down, when they break down, they have a human operator who can break the ammunition link or point the gun somewhere where people aren't. And it is precisely that which we lack with autonomous weapons. If they begin to run amok, there is, in principle, nobody to stop them, and they will continue to destroy until they run out of ammunition. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Yeah, I mean, it, what about, I mean, we have rules of war. We have certain, I mean, as crazy as that it sounds to a lot of people, we do. Um, we, we don't know that these robots will respect any of these rules of law, right? Yeah, the rules of war are really, they're, they're the kind of final stopgap we have that separates war from honor from massacre. And they've been around since 1864 with the Geneva Conventions. And they're premised, at least in part, on the idea of criminal responsibility. That is, we can hold individuals criminally responsible for their actions. And if you talk to people who work in the humanitarian field, there are, there are perpetrators all over the world who will who will tell you they are stopping what they're doing because they fear prosecution. It is a powerful deterrent effect. When you have autonomous weapons, this whole system begins to collapse. If, a, if someone deploys an autonomous weapon in good faith, thinking it'll operate as intended, but then that weapon in a constantly dynamic, changing environment ends up committing what we count as war crimes, who will you hold responsible? Right. It wouldn't make sense to hold a robot responsible, but I think it would be unethical also to hold responsible the soldier who is not responsible for those independent decisions of the robot. So the whole system begins to break down, and if that system begins to break down, this really is the last thing we have to keep some sort of humanity in war. It is so frightening, and I think, you know, when we... When we and it's ridiculous as it is, we've all seen Terminator, and we all see, you know, yeah. some of the risks of some of these sorts of things. So when this technology is being developed, and the question is, why are we waiting now to try and address some of these concerns? Like, we know once this technology is out there, trying to put it back in the bottle, making sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, it isn't misused, all those things are almost impossible to do. So how can we possibly try and regulate or in some way control this at this point? So we are in a a good position, although really it may be our last chance. With nuclear weapons, for instance, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube, and yeah. trying to put that big in, back in is a disaster. It's, it's worth trying. Right now, we're not there. Autonomous weapons research has developed. They're being used, but it's in the infancy, really, of what it could be if we let it go unchecked. And so groups like Human Rights Watch or the Campaign to Stop Killer Robots are working with the UN to try and get meaningful human control of these weapons established, and it, it can be done. There are effective examples of preemptive bans on technology in the 90s, for instance. Uh, an effective ban on the use of blinding laser weapons was put into place, and, and that really helped solve that problem. So we can still do that now, but time is running out, and it's important for people to begin agitating for it. Now, when we talk about an arms race, you know, focused on these, um, obviously we know the U.S., I think it spent $18 billion or something in, in this area of technology. Do we know what other countries are doing? Has, it, has that arms race already kicked off? It has kicked off, and major militaries around the world 
Turkey, China, Russia. Um, they're all they're all investing, and and they're investing in, in their own programs, some of which we know about, and some of which we don't. Um, so so it is on the verge of, of slipping out of control. And, and the problem isn't even, I mean, of course the problem is these major militaries, but the other problem is that these weapons will not remain in the hands no, of, course of not. major militaries. Yeah. They're going to spread just like, just like nuclear weapons. We fear they will spread just like the Kalashnikov rifle has spread all over the globe. And then you have the problem of insurgent groups, domestic and international terrorists, having the capacity to launch these weapons wherever they want, without really being traced. Frightening, frightening prospects, no doubt. Um, James, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. James Daw, who is a professor of English at uh, McAllister College. So there you have it, killer robots. I mean, have we learned nothing from the movies? For goodness sake, last week we're talking about some people recreating the, the woolly mammoth. Sure, the cute, fuzzy woolly mammoth. It's a dinosaur. We know what happens when we bring back dinosaurs because we all saw Jurassic Park. Now we're talking about creating killer robots. Have you not seen Terminator?